Welcome to Brand Story Inc. I'm your host, Jay Sharman. Every week we sit down with smart folks to talk about innovative ways they are creating content to connect with their audiences. I'd like to say every company can be a media company, and this conversation hopefully helps you understand why. Today on Brand Story Inc., we welcome Fox Deportes Executive VP and General Manager Carlos Sanchez to the show. Carlos has been running the show in L.A. now for seven and a half years after a lengthy stint at NBC Telemundo Enterprises, where he ran several local owned and operated TV stations. And prior to that, he spent eight years as vice president of an Entrevision TV station in San Diego. We're continuing our Hispanic Heritage Month themed Brand Story Inc. series And I thought with the upcoming World Series getting into full swing of NFL and college football season, there isn't a better time and rights holder than Fox Deportes and Carlos to deep dive into the ever-growing U.S. Latinx sports audience, which now numbers 62 million Americans. The first and longest-running Spanish-language sports network in the United States, Fox Deportes continues to lead the way with the top sports properties, including Liga Mix. NFL, Major League Baseball, Premier Boxing Champions, Major League Soccer, WWE, and many more. Carlos, welcome to the show. First, I just want to say thank you for having me on your show. This is great. I'm really excited to be here. Um, I mean, you, you mentioned um, um, most of the important ones. Uh, you know, Liga Mex mm-hmm. is, is our bread and butter. Uh, we transitioned from Champions League a few years ago um, into Liga Mex, so we picked up three teams in uh, Santos, Rayados, and Cholos. Um, you know, all three teams are competitive teams uh-huh. uh, within uh, Liga MX, uh, and we have uh, the rights to both the male and the female team uh, uh-huh. uh, home games. Um, and then with that, we have, uh, as you mentioned, MLS, we have MLB. Obviously, we have, we're the home of the World Series. We have that every year. Uh, we have some NFL games, including Thursday Night Football, some playoff games, uh, Super Bowl every few years. Um, we're also producing some South American World Cup qualifier matches now that and hmm. we're airing some of those games. We picked up uh, Honduran soccer um, because you know soccer is just our our bread and butter, so we're always focused on on soccer. And um, and as you mentioned, PBC, you know, has become very big for us. Boxing, uh, probably right after soccer, is the most popular sport within our audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and then stuff like NASCAR and, and some mixed martial arts as well. Very cool. And in terms of the platforms, um, Fox Deportes, you and I have discussed this quite a bit. Really robust following. I mean, your followers across social media is like, you know, 15 million on Facebook, 15 million plus on Facebook. I mean, just it's in the tens of millions. And so I'm curious um, with these partners and the rights that you have, how are you looking at your social media footprint and your digital footprint um, in general? Yeah, you know, um, so our, our, television network is basically just us only mm-hmm. and um and so that's really the audience that we cater to but when it comes to digital and social media um it reaches everywhere basically globally so we do have a lot of uh following um outside the u.s uh obviously mexico is probably our, mm-hmm. our our second strongest after the u.s and then a bunch of countries across latin america uh, but as you said yeah we're we have over uh, 60 million followers on social media um you know, we have a, a website, Fox Sports' website, an app that mm-hmm. people can stream uh, some of these games on and stuff. So, Very cool. And we have a segment here called Day Job where you hear the title Executive Vice President and General Manager. 
What does that really yeah. mean for you at Fox Deportes? What do you, give us a you know not not that this is a typical day, but give us the average typical day for the types of things that you're doing in your role. I mean, I, I just basically oversee the day to day operation of the network. Um, I get involved with with pretty much every department, uh, with production, you know, making uh, uh, decisions on on what we want to cover, what we want to prioritize as far as being on site. A lot of stuff we do it from the studio. Um, I get involved in the sales side as well. We have a, a sales team, a great sales team in New York mm-hmm. um, that handles most of the advertising sales. But we also have uh, uh, a team in, in L.A. that handles um, some of the non-traditional sales that um, includes things like uh, sub-licensing and, and, and even um, uh, white label productions and things like that. Um, get involved with marketing, with the, with finance, with uh, just the most operational decisions. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes I get, I get involved with negotiating deals with some of the leagues, uh, finding strategic partners too for the network. Um, but I have a great team in place, and you know they all they are all very experienced and very passionate about what they do, and that makes my job much much easier. Well, with that as a perfect transition to the multicultural media landscape, I mean, you're no stranger to the, you've seen this rodeo a few times before, the the census bump is here, right? The, so 2020 census news emerging recently in the headlines, and once again, they're filled with the narrative of a, a shrinking white majority and a Latinx population being the key driver in growth. I mentioned in the open, now more than 62 million Americans um, of Latino descent, uh, Asians, by way of contrast, are next uh, next largest minority population at 24 million. So, as you well as you know as well as anyone, the percentage of brand spending and marketing spending to this enormously powerful demographic is a tiny fraction relative to the population um, that exists in the United States. And so, I'm curious to get your take, temperature check on where we are in the big picture of multicultural marketplace and the, and the course correction, if at all, that's going on. Yeah, I mean, if, if anything, I think this is probably our biggest challenge. Um, you know, as you mentioned, the, the Hispanic population is growing uh, much quicker than, than any other. And, and um, we do get a very small fraction of what I think uh, needs to go to the Hispanic market, especially to try to reach the Hispanic market. Um, I mean, we are seeing some big and small brands realize the importance of targeting Hispanics, uh, particularly in Spanish, which I think is probably, you know, the key, um, you know, but, um, but unfortunately, many still have not realized uh, mm-hmm. that this is the, you know, the, the key to reaching Hispanics is to reach them in their language. I know that uh, uh, a large percentage of Hispanics speak English, but there is a difference, um, you know, reaching them in Spanish uh, typically will will. Get, get their attention. They'll feel invited. Um, it, it will definitely be more effective, um, even though most Hispanics, as I said, speak do speak and understand English. You know, it, it's. I wanted the, the beauty of this podcast is we get to dig in more than just the surface level, right? Because I think, you know, one of the obvious things, and I and I've seen this right working um, with multicultural marketers. A lot of the buyers tend to be middle-aged, predominantly white people, right? Media planners tend to be more female and 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 younger. But I mean, the ultimate budget stakeholders are still predominantly white. And there's that element, I think, of many people who aren't Latino, like right? this was a learn for me. Like many people mm-hmm. in our even even in our industry associate Latinx audience with Spanish language. And you touched on this, right? Like 
two-thirds of American Latinos under the age of 40 consume sports sports content in English as well as Spanish, right? Then you layer on the cultural differences between someone of Mexican descent compared to vastly different cultures from someone from like, say, Puerto Rico or Dominican Republic or Venezuela. It gets complex for really quickly. So what element of this complexity do you think is holding back the investment into the Latinx content community from brands? Yeah, I think exactly that, right? That it's very complex. And when you try to get into the weeds uh, and details of it, um, um, you know, brands, I think, just need to take that first step, which is to know, you know, who they're targeting, understand that demographic. It's never going to be perfect. I think that, you know, mm -hmm. they, they, when it comes to Hispanics, um, you know, that there's Dominican and a, and a Mexican and a Puerto Rican and, um, Colombian, I mean, we all, even though we all speak Spanish, there's a lot of terminology that's different. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of um, agencies want to get it perfect, you know, when they're trying. And I think that that's one of the mistakes is that they, they try so hard that it becomes so complicated. And mm -hmm. uh, sometimes I, I think they just, you know, need to make it more simple and, you know, just start off with just targeting them in Spanish, you know, and, and there, there are certain words that you can use that are used across the board between all Hispanics that most Hispanics are going to understand. But I think the key thing is that the invitation is, is, is there that, that the Hispanic audience sees that invitation in their language. And I think if they get the invitation, then I believe they will then consume uh, the product or the service that they're offering. One of the arguments that I've heard, I'd love for you to respond to this from uh, major sports media companies, and, and I'm putting Fox obviously into that, is that yep. in, in some ways there's an element of competing against yourself, right? Whether it's ESPN or Fox or NBC, where this notion of um, general market versus multicultural, right? Um, a major media company can say, hey, look, we're in 90 million homes and yeah, we're reaching a ton of Hispanics because look how many people we're reaching, right? Yeah, 20% of our audience is Hispanic. And so you're getting more Hispanics here. But it's it's a general market approach. And so it's just kind of, you know, one message fits all as it relates to advertisers and branding. And it seems to be, um, I'm curious how much you think that the lack of education, understanding, or sophistication of the multicultural market is coming in some of those pitches where it's like, hey, I am, I am, you know, being the, some of those sales folks we've seen are very convincing. I'm curious what role you think that general market is hitting Hispanic is actually competing with the multicultural market. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think obviously, um, especially when it comes to Hispanic, I feel like there's a lot of, um, different layers. I mean, obviously being bilingual, mm -hmm. you know, being able to speak the English language, I think a lot of these agencies are reaching Hispanics without a doubt. Mm -hmm. Um, the question is how effectively are they reaching? Yes. But, but I believe that, um, um, that, that, that is definitely happening. I mean, obviously, uh, it's happening. The question is how, how can I effectively reach them? And, and again, I think it just goes back to, to language when it comes to Hispanics. And, and, and what's interesting is you use the word, Latinx and um, you know, which I, I 
I, I realized, you know, Latinx is also Hispanic in a way, but the difference being that Latinx is really Latin America, including uh, people from Brazil, which mm-hmm. really speak Portuguese. Mm-hmm. Us as a Hispanic uh, network, and I say Hispanic because we're in Spanish language, um, you know, are reaching not just people in Latin America, um, maybe minus the, the Portuguese or the ones that don't speak Spanish um, in Latin America, but also people from Spain. Yet it's interesting. I had a conversation, um, as you know, I have we have quite a few um, Latinos and Latinas on our staff, and I've had a conversation about Latinx, and it's it's interesting. Uh, the majority of our staff is is, is really young, and right. uh, you know when we talk about the term Latinx, I don't want to say there's a shoulder shrug. It's kind of like it's term. It's a term my colleagues don't necessarily use, but they're starting to use because they feel like it's being used by non-Latinos and Latinas, and therefore um, they're kind of embracing. I'm curious to get your take just on that, like the whole Hispanic versus Latinx. You, you kind of went there with Hispanic being Spanish yeah. and kind of pan, but what's your take on the term Latinx? Yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, uh, my, my take is that Latinx, I think, is meant to, yeah, right, the X is either an A or an O. Mm-hmm. It can be either Latina or Latino. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, the, the word Latino or Latina comes from being from a region, right, mm-hmm. which is Latin America, which would include uh, Brazilians. Mm-hmm. Um, and the term Hispanic comes from the word Spanish or speaking the language Spanish, mm-hmm. which again, being a Spanish network or Hispanic network, that's really who we cater to is, is a Hispanic, the one that speaks the language that we're um, broadcasting in. What's the one thing that you wish that non-Hispanic sophisticated brands and marketers understood? What do you find yourself constantly talking to in meetings where you're like, oh my gosh, when am I not going to have to explain this? <laughs> um, oh my God, there's a lot of stuff. Um, doesn't have to be one. It could be more. Give me the, the first couple of things that come to your mind. Yeah, so so, so definitely that, um, you know, I think the language thing, obviously, I mm-hmm. think that's the, probably the number one thing, right? It's It's... It's, uh, yeah, we speak English, you know, we, we mm-hmm. can be fully bilingual people. When I, when I speak in English with people, um, a lot of times they don't realize that I also speak Spanish, you know, unless they know my name, obviously, which is, mm-hmm. you know, very Hispanic, but, um, and, um, and so as we're, we're speaking, uh, in English, you know, and, and I switch over to Spanish for some reason, they're usually very surprised. Hmm. Obviously, Hispanics, a lot of people have still have this idea that Hispanics have to look a certain way. And hmm. um, and I believe that uh, there's still a lot of people out there that don't realize that, you know, we come in all different you know, mm-hmm. colors and shades and we, you know, sizes. And, and mm-hmm. um, I still find it surprising that people are surprised with certain friends of mine that don't not look Hispanic and they speak Spanish. Um I think that's one. And then another, you know, something that I, I would run into a lot. I haven't, I haven't run into this lately, but it, it was a very common thing that I would walk into uh, stores when I used to sell uh, advertising at a local level uh, for local station. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I would tell, you know, the, the, the business owner, you know, uh, I'm here you know, to talk to you about Hispanic advertising. I think, you know, here's an opportunity for you to reach a whole new audience. And, you know, the, the, the thing that I would get back was, well, you know, I really don't want to reach Hispanics because they can't afford my products. Mm. And I would say, well, you know, I'm not sure you understand, you know, that Hispanics, you know, um, 
can't afford your products, first of all. And, and you know, Hispanics, a lot of Hispanics make very good money. They have good mm-hmm. salaries. They, they, you know, they're professionals. They, they're doctors and lawyers, and they still speak Spanish at home. And, uh, and I found a lot of business owners who I, you know, assume were very educated and, you know, um, and being surprised that Hispanics could afford their products. And a lot of times, you know, when I would convince someone to try it, just try it, they would do it. And then they'd realize, my God, I didn't know, you know, that advertising in Spanish was actually going to attract this much business. And they would do so well, then they'd invest more. And then they'd become one of the bigger advertisers at the station that happened to me several times um and it was always just for to me just interesting to see and, and educate um some people on this you know i mean as a white 48 year old guy who's been on the front lines with a uh, uh, la vida baseball and la vida sports kind of a you know the latinx skewing media yeah. property i've seen it firsthand and whether you want to call it systemic racism ignorance like with vice presidents of marketing of sports brands i've had that this it's coded language it's you know i've had the the very first pitch i did four years ago the new business pitch that i did with all my colleagues the first question we got back was what percentage of your audience has internet access which to me was the same thing it's coded language for right you know um you know this notion of of poor uh, you know, a poor immigrant coming across the border type of a, a stereotype, you know, and it's just like, whoa, holy smokes, you know, um, and, and somebody, right. I think it was the um, the CMO of Pepsi or the vice president of marketing for Pepsi recently did a, a webcast and my colleague told me this. She said, if you, if you put the buying power of the U.S. Latino alone mm-hmm. to, and, and made it its own GDP, it would be the eighth largest country in the world in terms of buying power just the U S Latino, like for perspective. And, and, you know, that's why I wanted to have you on, right? It's one thing for me to be out there carrying this flag, but for you to say that, I mean, that's insulting. And that, and this is, I mean, this is, and I'm guessing even though you did that at the local, you're still run into that different in different ways, shapes or form. Right. Yeah. And interestingly enough too, um, you know, Hispanics tend to to over-index on a lot of things right yeah which is some, something that a lot of people don't realize too it's like we have more people in our home uh so we buy more phones we buy more food we buy mm-hmm. more clothes you know but we all need to have you know cell phones so we all you know use our technology um so we have to have the the latest and greatest as well and so uh, hispanics also uh, over index in spending on entertainment you know we yep. love concerts we love events you know you, you Mo- go to any movies yeah, I mean, a lot of these sporting events, um, it's interesting, too, to see, like, how many Hispanics a- attend, uh, you know, these sporting events, especially when it comes to soccer, but even in other other types of sports. I was recently at a at a Raiders game in Vegas mm. uh, a few weeks back, the, the, their opening game, and um, I think, you know, 80% of the people there, to me, seemed like they were Hispanic just by hearing, you know, people talk and, and um um, mm-hmm. you know, listening to conversations. And it was just very interesting to me how, how many Hispanics actually are attending these events. Yeah, I mean, I've studied the data. To your point, um, H- Hispanics tend to be number one in content consumption too, right? In terms of time spent on on devices and things like that. I mean, it's a, it's a there are a lot of, um, we call them Houdinis. They're like predictable magic tricks in presentations when you just put the data out in front of people, right? It's like, here are the facts. Uh, so on, on a positive note, share, we have a segment called case study cliff notes here. 
So I'd love for you to just share a recent or favorite Fox Deportes partnership or content initiative that epitomizes what you want Fox Deportes to be known for. Um, you know, one of the things that we that we um, like to do is we like to dive deeper when it comes to content. Like mm-hmm. we we recently just partnered with the with Liga Max um, and our soccer teams uh, to produce more in depth content on football or, or soccer and, mm-hmm. and things that go on behind the scenes, locker room banter and like their team practice and then just inspirational stories on players and we do special in depth interviews and interactions uh, between players and things like that. Um, um you know ce- celebrating our as you mentioned at the beginning our uh, 25th year anniversary and deportes being the first spanish language sports network in the u.s i think we're primarily known for our diversity in sports mm-hmm. and wide range of sports coverage um and um you know i think when you when you look at us and you look at our competitors um you'll find that we probably have the most diverse portfolio of of uh of leagues and, and mm-hmm in types of sports and um you know that's obviously thanks to fox and 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 you know the great job they're doing creating um a lot of this content as well on the on the english side you know we benefit from that and are able to take you know a lot of the the great stuff that they're doing um for example the the uh field of dreams that just happened Mm -hmm. uh and uh you know such a great example of just being creative and doing something completely new and broke all kinds of records and, and and audiences and um and uh, and even in, in social media uh but stuff like that you know where we benefit from that and we're able to take a lot of that content as well for our viewers yeah i mean we're big fans obviously you and i have talked about this quite a bit like i think there's narratives that take hold in the media again i think in some part based on the age and the types of ethnicities that are kind of writing the narratives but one narrative that's been out there is that you know for years it's like oh mlb is dying mlb's relevance is done and and the actuality is it's growing right by by with the exception of um some of the regional sports networks over the air right some of those have been declining but in terms of in person covid notwithstanding etc and like one out of three players Right, one out of three players, just under one out of three players right now right. in Major League Baseball is Latino, and it's, you know, I think epitomized by in New York, right, the the ginormous uh, banners that were unfolded with Vlad Jr. and you know Fernando Tatis Jr. The faces of baseball, right, um, outside yep. of maybe Mike Trout tend to be Latino. So uh, I'm curious here on the integrated content challenge that's faced right one truism that i have found i'm curious if you've seen is that it seems that the larger the brand the bigger the dollars the more agencies that seem to be involved by specialty right and but what by that i mean there might be one agency for tv buying another for digital media another for off channel and yet another for multicultural yet our world has emerged to be a cross-platform, increasingly seamless ecosystem, right? If you've got the Fox Sports or Fox Deportes app, it's it's you're consuming content everywhere across different platforms. And so I'm curious how you look at navigating this challenge on integrated content for brands uh, when you not you may not be the agency in control of, you know, maybe not dealing with the agency in control of certain platforms. Right. Yeah, this is very true. And it's, uh, I think, very difficult to navigate. Um, our, our market is getting very fragmented. And um, I think it's just getting more complicated for agencies and brands to decide where to invest their money with so many options out there. Um, I mean, I would say that, 
you know, more homework needs to be done, obviously, mm-hmm. by the agencies and, 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 you know, for them to figure out what makes the most sense for their brand. Um, and then they go from there. Uh, for us, obviously, what's important is, you know, our, our, all of our um, products are in Spanish mm-hmm. uh, on the Fox Porta side. And so we focus to providing, um, you know, the best that we can for, for TV, for, mm-hmm. um, you know, our app, for our website. Um, and just trying to make sure that, you know, we're providing these agencies and these brands, you know, the best option for them uh, so that when they buy us, they, they actually are getting results. And I think that's really what, you know, all we can do, uh, you know, on our end is to, to just try to be the best we can uh, for them to be able to, to use us as a platform. Great insight. So personal side, Morning Must, Fess up on your West Coast email inbox, social follows, and morning routine uh, on how you stay on top of industry news, both from advertisers, media, and sports in general. Yeah, I think, uh, look, I think emails are always challenging, I think, for everyone because we get bombarded with Mm -hmm. emails. Uh, So to try to go through emails, uh, you know, I try to do it every day, several times a day. Um, Obviously, if I'm focused on something, Zooms and and, Mm -hmm. and other meetings and, and big projects and things like that, I'll, I'll stop looking at it for a while and then just check check in again later. But I think um, luckily a lot of these um, uh, systems now uh, within Microsoft will allow to, to kind of sift through and separate the ones that are important and the ones that are mm-hmm. not so important or the ones that are spam. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, I, just, I, I get up, I try to read, uh, you know, sports business journal, synopsis, um, you know, I'll look at some of the, on the Hispanic sets and media moves, uh, mm-hmm. Hispanic ads, spots and dots, um, just try to stay up with what's happening in, in the industry. Um, and then I use social media primarily just to also stay on, on top of what's going on, um, you know, in our industry, mm-hmm. in the market. And I'll, and I'll follow, you know, I'll follow certain um, um, sites that will provide me with that type of uh, information and even some talents, you know, within uh, our sports world, even with competition just to uh kind of see what they're covering what things are they they focused on you know what's coming down the pike and things like that and is it twitter linkedin what are your preferred social media platforms um in instagram i think is probably instagram? one of the bigger ones uh but twitter as well uh linkedin is obviously huge uh for me as well mm-hmm. um on the more on the business side um but uh yeah when i'm just trying to understand what's happening in, in the sports world um what should we be focused on things that we're covering and i'm always connected to um the instagrams and the twitters obviously awesome and then for fun bedside book stand what are you reading for fun these days carlos um for fun um 100 years of solitude uh by gabriel garcia marquez a friend gifted me this book uh, a while back and i had been wanting to get to it um and it's just a, a very interesting uh, story uh, the rise and fall of a mythical town mm. uh, but it's told through the eyes of a of, of a family um to kind of trying to finish that book it's kind of a thick book and uh about halfway through but uh but it's been fun so far awesome haven't heard that one this is i say every week this is my poor man good read my poor man's good reads <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna get all the guest books it's on my list for you know for the holiday season cool. to uh, to share with everyone that's been on here because it's it's fascinating to see what people are reading. Well, Carlos Sanchez, really appreciate you joining our show, giving us um, pulling the curtain back on Fox Deportes. Uh, really admire the work that you've done. It's been a pleasure to get to know you, and and I can't thank you enough for spending some time with us. Thank you, Jay. Appreciate it. Always good talking to you. 
Thanks for listening to Brand Story, Inc. We'll be back next week with another conversation digging into the ways companies are becoming like media companies. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give me a follow on Twitter at underscore Jay Sharman and on LinkedIn.